Welcome to Genesis. We're so glad that you guys are here tonight on our final night of Field of Dreams. Uh, we've really enjoyed this series. It's been incredible. Uh, if you've missed part of the series, then make sure you go on to iTunes or uh, on our website and, uh, and get that because uh, it's a, this is part five and you want to check out those other part fours. So, Field of Dreams, this is the story of this guy named Ray Kinsella. He's out in the corn, he has a corn farm, and he hears this voice, if you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come, and keeps hearing it, and so eventually he has this vision of this baseball field in the middle of his corn. He feels like he's supposed to cut down his corn to build a baseball field, and that's exactly what he does, even though... It causes him and his family basically to go broke, and they could barely keep the farm uh, because of this baseball field. They used all their savings. But something supernatural happens, and this, uh, his, his favorite baseball player ever, who had been long since dead, his name is Shoeless Joe Jackson, he comes out, comes out of the corn, and he shows up on the baseball field one night. And uh, it's just this amazing thing that's happened, but it doesn't end there because Ray hears another voice, and that leads him to go to Boston to find this guy who was a washed-up writer. His name was Terrence Mann. And so uh, they had like a rough start, but they kind of become friends, and then they go uh, kind of on a road trip, and they find this guy, Doc Graham, which if you are here last week, you saw the clips about Doc Graham. But eventually, they come back to Iowa. They come back to the Field of Dreams and um, his friend Terrence is invited to go with the rest of the baseball players out into the corn and, and whatever is on the other side of the corn, if it's heaven or some kind of afterlife or whatever that's, that's out there. Now, again, this is not a Christian movie, but we're going to pull some truth, uh, we're going to pull some really cool principles out of it. But Ray is not invited to go in, into the corn, and, uh, but, but Ray is a guy who... Um, he, he loved baseball all his life because of his dad. His mom passed away when he was very, very young. Doesn't even remember his mom. And his dad had this relationship through baseball. And they used to play catch every day, like out in the yard, because that's how his dad knew how to raise him. And he said to his friend Terrence, he said, eventually that became like a chore to go out and, and play catch with my dad. And I eventually refused to do it. And he said, can you imagine that? a kid refusing to play catch with his dad. Because when he was a teenager, he got angry, as teenagers sometimes do, and rebelled against his father. And he even said to his father one day that, um, I could never respect a man whose hero was a criminal. And he was referring to Shoeless Joe Jackson, because Shoeless Joe had this accusation of gambling, and uh, he was kicked out of baseball. But this was Ray's favorite player, too. And he ju it's just one of those things that he said it to hurt his dad. Have you ever said something that you knew wasn't true, but you just said it to hurt somebody else? Um, I experienced something like that. I did something that was really, really stupid. And I, and I shared this story uh, probably a few months back. But when I was in uh, 10th grade, I had this teacher... Um, and I just thought she was like the worst. Like she was just so mean, just had it out for me. And I was just angry kid, rebelling and making stupid choices. 
And I wrote this teacher like an anonymous letter. And I just like cussed her out and just called her every name and just all these awful things about her. And I didn't have like the courage to sign my name on it. I just left it anonymous and I left it on her desk. And I was telling this story a few months back in Genesis because that was like one of the the worst mistakes, like one of the most hurtful things I've ever done to somebody. And I still feel bad about it, even though I know I'm forgiven. And so in preparation for that message a few months back, I thought, you know what, I can't really tell this story without reaching out to this teacher. And, and I, I, so I like scoured the internet and I and finally located her. She had gotten married and her last name had changed, and so it was really difficult, but I finally found her. And I wrote her an email and I just apologized and asked for her to forgive me. And I told her, you know, look, <laughs> I, I don't know how this happened, but I actually turned out to be a minister, believe it or not. And she, yeah, she sent me a response back. And I didn't get to tell you this part, because when I preached that night, she hadn't yet responded to me. But she finally responded to me a few weeks later, and she said, Kevin, I, I just saw this message, and I just want you to know I forgave you the moment that you did that. And don't even worry about it, and I'm so happy for you. And the, I had told her a little bit about my life, and she told, her, she told me a little bit about her life. And, uh, but when I think back to 10th grade Kevin, I want to like talk some sense into him. I want to say like what were you thinking? What are you don't do this. But we can't go back in time. We can't change our actions, our choices. We just can't do that. Um so so Ray in Field of Dreams, Ray Kinsella, he's got this pain from his past. He's got this this uh unsolved tension with his father and uh he said that he, he never got a chance to take back what he had said to him because his dad had died before he ever got a chance to apologize and take it back. And um, so he, he's kind of dealt with this guilt for a long time and dealt with this pain. And I, I want to talk about pain tonight because I want to talk about how, how do we respond to it and, and where do we go from here? Maybe you've made some stupid choices like I made when I was in 10th grade and I've made a lot more stupid choices than that. But maybe um, you still feel some pain from that. Maybe you feel like that you can't quite forgive yourself. Or maybe you have a hard time forgiving somebody else because you have some pain because somebody else did something to you, something that was wrong. Maybe somebody said something that was extremely hurtful to you. And maybe you've forgiven them, but that pain is still there if you think about it. Maybe you can think back to your childhood. Some, some of us have had really happy childhoods, but others of us didn't. And so maybe when you think about the way that you were raised, you can see, you can remember these painful moments that are still with you. And so I want to talk about tonight, how, how do we deal with that? And and, and where do we go from here? Um, the thing about pain is that just because we're saved by God doesn't mean we're exempt from pain, does it? It doesn't mean that it's never going to come. In fact, Jesus promised that we would have, in this world we would have trouble. We would have persecution. Uh, we, would, we would face rejection. And so <clears throat> we, we face all of that. Uh, a painful past 
can derail a promising future, but it doesn't have to be that way. A painful past can derail a promising future, but it doesn't have to be that way. The Apostle Paul had some pain in his life. He had gone through, his his most painful stuff happened after he got saved and started following Jesus. He went through some really painful experiences, shipwrecks and being thrown in prison and being turned on by his friends and being beaten and rejected and all these bad things. He had to escape from so many bad situations. He'd been sick. And, um, but he had this one instance where he said this was like a thorn in the flesh. He said this is like a messenger from Satan that was sent to torment me. And he said he begged God that it would be taken away from him. And God simply said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's a really powerful scripture if you really listen to it. My grace is sufficient for you. That means that God's grace is enough. It's more than enough for us. And whatever kind of pain we're we're going through, whatever kind of pain we sometimes dig up or sometimes a situation just brings it up, causes us pain, painful memory, his grace, God's grace is sufficient for us. And his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when you're weak and you can't overcome that pain on your own, God can help you overcome it through his strength and not your own strength. And so it's not about how strong of a person you are. It's really not even about how wise of a person that you are. Pain is pain and hurt is hurt. And God can help us through it. I know that the enemy wants to rob you of your future. Because God has a dream for you. God has placed dreams inside of you. Maybe you have a dream that you believe is from God, or maybe it's just a glimpse of a dream. I know that the enemy wants to stop it. Because as believers, we're called to be the light of the world. We're called to help people find their destiny, show people that they too are loved and accepted by God. And the devil does not want that to happen. And so he uses all these different tricks, doesn't he? And he'll bring up things from your past, and, and he'll try to convince you that you're not forgiven. Or maybe even if God forgives you, you'll never be able to forgive yourself for what you've done. So where do we, where do we go from here? Well, we give, we give it to God. We rely not on our strength, but we rely on the strength and the grace of God. Not only can pain be healed, but it can also be redeemed. Okay, the pain that you have, maybe it's from a bad breakup. Maybe it's from parents that were getting divorced and the pain that that causes or the loss of a loved one. The pain that you can have, not only can it be healed by God, but it can be redeemed by God. He can actually take it and cause something good to come out of it. So having said that, uh, I want to check in with Ray Kinsella, and uh, again, his friend Terrence was invited out to the corn, and he was not. He had to stay behind. Not only is uh, Ray's pain healed, but it's redeemed because he gets to have that moment with his dad, and uh, his relationship with his dad is all redeemed. And I think that we are going to have some reunions kind of like that in heaven, don't you? Like, I feel like some things like that are going to are going to happen, but 
It would be even better for us if those reunions and, and um, those moments like that happened here before we ever get to heaven. That would be the best. Do you remember the uh, story that Jesus told of the prodigal son? And there's this prodigal son who takes his father's inheritance and he leaves home. There's, all, there's something really powerful about stories about fathers. And this movie, Field of Dreams, is really about fatherhood, about fathers. And the prodigal son story is really about the father. And it's about us because we're the lost son. And he, this lost son, he blows the inheritance and wastes it and he makes poor choices and then everything falls apart and he's just living this miserable life and he's made all these bad choices and there's, there's I'm sure, a lot of pain. And he finally said, decides, you know, I'll, I'll just go home and be a servant for my dad because there's no way I, that I could be a son again. And when he goes home, his father is waiting and watching and looking down the road. And even when he's a far ways off, his dad knows that it's him and he runs out there and he gives him this speech that he had been practicing. You know, I just want to be your servant. But his dad doesn't let him be a servant because that's his son. He's a son. Bring the best robe. Bring the ring and put it on his finger. Bring shoes for his feet. Kill the fatted calf. We have to have a feast because this is my son who was dead and is now alive. And there's redemption that takes place there. And we're, the, we're that prodigal son. And when we've made terrible choices, we can always come home to our heavenly father. And <clears throat> I, I wonder if um, that story were, is true, the prodigal son story. Like I know it's a parable that Jesus told, but I wonder if it actually happened. It could have. And I wonder if it were to happen, because I know many, many stories like it have happened, but I wonder what the son feels a few months later, a year later, a couple years down the road. And I wonder if he ever looks back to those poor choices that he made, and I wonder if he ever still felt pain from that. I wonder if he ever had a hard time forgiving himself. You ever have a hard time forgiving yourself of things that you've done? Maybe forgiving other people of what they've done to you. And so what could that, what could that son do? Because the pain, it, it doesn't always go away. But sometimes it just comes back at the worst moments, trying to tear us down. And so what do we do? Well, the Bible tells us a little bit of what we can do. And First um, Peter tells us, that we should be casting all of our cares on the Lord, for he cares for us. Casting our cares on the Lord, because he can handle it. Because he loves us enough, because he cares about us enough. He can handle all that pain that we deal with. We can't absorb it all ourselves. We've got to give it to God. Because you remember what he accomplished at the cross. He can handle the pain. And so whenever the pain comes up, we just surrender it to God. Just give it to God, casting your cares on him. Sometimes you have to do it every day. What else can we do with that type of pain? Well, we can remember that God can redeem it in any situation. 
Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's you and that's me. We're called by God. We love God. So all things have a way of working together for good. Now, God is not a child abuser. He does not intentionally inflict pain on us. But sometimes pain happens anyway because not everything that happens is God's plan or God's will. Bad things happen to good people. But those things, even though they weren't caused by God, God can still take that and he can still use it and he can redeem it. And just like I got up here a few minutes ago and told you a little bit about my story and how uh, I was able to ask my old teacher for forgiveness and she forgave me, maybe that story helps you. Well, you, maybe you've been through something that's a painful experience. Your story can help somebody else. And what happened with me is just a, a small way that God was able to use some of my pain, some of the stupid choices that I've made, God was able to use that because all things work together for good. And so maybe that helps somebody. Maybe you will email somebody or call somebody or go over to somebody's house. Um, the cool thing about Field of Dreams as I was kind of preparing for this series, the actor that plays John Kinsella, the father, um, he did not have any like major parts in, in, in movies. But almost everywhere he goes, people come up to him and they go, you're the father. You're the, the dad from Field of Dreams. People come up to him crying, bawling sometimes in public places. Like it's all these people around. People come up to him bawling and say, that movie changed my life. When I saw that his father was on that field, that changed my life because my dad and I ha had this big falling out. And after that movie, I called my dad. There was even an old man who saw the movie on TV, and he was, even though he was an old man, his dad was still alive. And there had been some bad blood. Well, the old man watched this movie, and the next day he drove to his dad's house with a baseball. And he asked his dad if they would go out on the front lawn and play catch. These two really old men playing catch out on the front lawn. But it was an awesome moment because his dad had actually seen the movie too the night before on TV. And so what, what, how can we give this to God so that he will redeem it? Because he will redeem it. I remember um, in Scripture there's this story of this, uh, this woman who comes to a house where Jesus was at. Jesus was having dinner with this Pharisee. And this woman comes in and she's, she begins to wash Jesus' feet with her tears. And she dries his feet with her hair. And she kisses his feet. And then she has this expensive perfume that she pours on his feet. And the Pharisee is watching this whole thing, and he's like, he doesn't get it. And he's saying, if this guy were really a prophet, he would know that this woman is a woman of the city. It's a, it's, this is a known sinner. And Jesus is perceiving his thoughts, and he, and, uh, he says, look, there's a, there's a story that I want to tell you. And uh, it's in Luke chapter 7. I don't have it on the screen for you, but I'm going to read it to you. 
So, this guy was a Pharisee, and uh, <clears throat> Jesus kind of kind of have a parable with him, and he says, "A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed five hundred denarii, and the other just fifty. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which one will, which one of them will love him more?" Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And now her story is told. Anybody that has a Bible has that woman's story. Now, obviously, she had a lot of pain. She had made a lot of mistakes, and maybe people had done a lot of wrong things towards her. But she took that pain, and she comes in, and she just washes Jesus' feet with her own tears and wipes them with her hair, kisses his feet. And now her pain is redeemed because everywhere the gospel is told, her story is told. I mean, her story is in this book, which is incredible. So I want to just encourage you. If you've got some pain that you've dealt with, if you've got some maybe unforgiveness towards yourself or maybe unforgiveness towards others, maybe there's just bad things that have happened to you a long time ago or just recently, only God can heal our pain and only God can redeem our pain. And he wants to do that. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your overwhelming love for us. God, you are so awesome, and we are so grateful that you sent your only son to die on a cross, a death he did not deserve, but it was because you love us. And I thank you that you rose from the grave and that you've defeated death in the grave, and you've defeated all the pain that is out there. And Lord, I know that you said in this world we will have trouble, but you give us your peace. And I pray for peace for everybody here that's dealing with a bunch of stuff, peace, the peace of God to them, I pray. Lord, and I, and I ask if there's anybody here that is uh, far from you, that they would make a choice to live for you, Lord. They would surrender their whole lives to you. If you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity to get right with God if you feel like you're far from God. And we're just going to all pray a prayer together. And so if that's you and and you need to give your life to Jesus, you want to be forgiven, you want to be set free, and you want a new life in Christ, then God can do that for you. And you don't have to make yourself clean. He makes us clean. You're not good enough on your own. You're only good enough because of him. And so all you have to do is surrender your life to him and invite him in to change your life forever and follow him and he will 
completely set you free and give you a new life. And so let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who died on a cross for me. I accept your love. I'm so grateful for it. I ask you to forgive all my sins and redeem my pain. I thank you that you rose from the grave and I want you to live in my life. I'm gonna follow you from now on. I turn away from my old life. I turn towards you. I ask you to change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, you got born again.